Hello, 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 and welcome to a, another edition of the ATAR Notes podcast. My name is Nick, I'm recording in Melbourne, and from Sydney we have Angelina. Hello, Angelina. Hey, how are you going today? I'm very well, thank you. Um, maybe just introduce yourself in just, just a few sentences to let the audience um, kind of know where you're at. Hey everybody, so I'm Angelina. I recently graduated from the HSC last year. Um, I did extension to English, his, uh, modern history, society and culture, music, visual arts. I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Music Education at the Conservatorium of Music in Sydney, which is the campus for music at, uni- at the University of Sydney. Um, and in terms of ATA notes, I am currently an advanced English tutor. I lecture English Standard and I moderate um, all the English uh, boards and the forums for the HSC. And I'm very excited to be here. Fantastic. It's great to have you. Um, so we'll touch on your kind of uni experiences a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, initially, I wanted to touch on your, your English experience, so through high school. And you mentioned that you're an HSE graduate. Um, this will be state generic. So for anybody listening from Victoria or Queensland or, or anywhere else, don't stress. Um, all of this advice should hopefully uh, still be state generic. Um, so we do have quite a lot of questions that have come through uh, Instagram from from listeners, so people who, who really want to pick your brains about how to ace um, high school English. So let's start off with them. Um, the first question, fairly generic, just what are some general tips to do well in high school English? So if you had to break it down, what's something that maybe really helped you through high school? Oh, so, okay, I think... Three big tips that I give to people for English. Firstly, um, in terms of understanding your text and just getting to know um, the works that you'll be studying in English, I always recommend reading widely on them. So I use The Guardian, The Age, a lot of different um, media sources to read reviews of my texts, really dive into them and understand what the meaning behind each one is. It gave me lots of different interpretations of the text, so I had a different view of the text every time I read it again. In terms of analysis, I think that um, it's really important to consider the impact that that text has had on you as an audience member. So what have you gained exactly from reading it? I think that um, it's very easy to say like, oh, this is a simile and it does this. But the important thing in English is really explaining why it's been done. And if you think it's effective, what, what is the purpose behind that technique? And what greater contribution does it make to the rest of the text? That's really important with analysis. I personally am an oral learner. I, I'm not someone who makes notes very often. I learn much better through listening, hence why I'm a music student. Um, I listen to podcasts. I find them very um, useful resources, especially if you're on a train and you have to travel um, to the school. Uh, if, you're, if you don't want to study, but you want to study, you can be doing chores and um, you know running on the treadmill or something and you can have a listen and study at the same time in a way. For English specifically, Crash Course Literature, um, TED Ed, they're fantastic YouTube series that really um, helped me with my text. So there's definitely stuff out there for you to use to help you with your study. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's fantastic advice. Um, so did you have notes at all for English? Like, did you use some at all or was it just the other stuff that you mentioned? So I did use notes initially, but I found that they didn't really work for me. So I started off making um, tables, so like quotes, techniques, analysis, audience impact. That's how I constructed my tables. They started off being really great uh, resources, but then ended up not being so helpful down the track because I kind of just had these notes made, but I didn't really know how to use them. So what I ended up doing was um, closed passages. They were my um, ways of studying. So I would have... 
um, an essay written up and then I would take out all the parts of the essay that I felt were not necessary. I'd keep the main ideas, the main judgments that I've put forward and then that way I'd memorize those closed passages and then fill in the blanks essentially throughout the exam. So I really adapted my responses to the questions that I got on the day as opposed to just memorizing word for word an essay. That was more effective for me. Um, but notes are really great to use in conjunction with writing practice essays. So that's what I did for most of my study with English. I would um, have like my quotes and my techniques and my analysis all there on the side of me and I would practice writing essays using them until at a certain point I kind of stopped using the notes because I had memorized all the content in them. That's the best way to really apply it. I think notes are great if you need to consolidate knowledge, but it's really more about applying it in English. Excellent, yeah. Um, so with the, the practice essays that you mentioned, did you do those through the year as like a time-bound thing? So like, did you put yourself in exam conditions or were you just trying to like basically craft the best essay possible? So um, I started off very early with practice essays because I attended an ATNOTES lecture and Emily Tyrrell was telling us about how fantastic practice essays were as study, um, study tactics. So I started off basically writing an essay every fortnight which sounds crazy, but I did for English. It could be absolutely terrible. It could have a hundred mistakes. Um, my techniques could be, be just pulled out of nowhere, but I started off doing that. Um, and I would get feedback every single fortnight from my teachers. What really helped me towards exam period was really trying to simulate conditions that led up towards exam conditions. So I started off doing an open book and gave myself like three hours. I had a coffee. I had music on in the background, I was just relaxed in my own zone, writing out an essay, taking my time, really thinking about the question. And then eventually I started to remove um, things. So remove the background music, remove the coffee. And then eventually I reached this point where I was doing the exam under, uh, doing the practice question under exam conditions. And then it got much more effective that way, as opposed to just diving straight into practice essays and then having absolutely no idea what you're writing. <laughs> yeah, so it was very much a, an incremental thing by the sounds of it. And that seems to be something um, consistent with a lot of people who did well with English. Like the advice seems to be, you know, just keep on writing, keep getting feedback, keep getting stuff marked and just keep doing it consistently and you will improve over time. Yeah, definitely. And it's never too late to start. You can just tonight go home, get make yourself a nice cup of tea, put some Sean Mendes in the background or something and just take three hours for yourself to write an essay. Even if it's terrible, you've given it a shot and then slowly start to reach that point where you can do it under exam conditions. Yeah, super. Um, and I guess a lot of people at this time of year, so like July, August, kind of mid, um, heading into late year, are probably feeling quite, you know, disenchanted with English, maybe with school in general, maybe their marks aren't so great at the moment. Do you have any advice for people in that situation where they're not so happy with kind of where they're sitting in their rankings or um, even their, their performance more generally? Do you have any advice for those students? I think what's really important is assessing your situation and then really seeing what you need to do to get out of it. So I didn't actually do that well in music throughout my HSC, um, internally at least. And I think that um, it can be very discouraging to see marks that you're not happy with, but the biggest key to success, I think, when you're in that kind of situation is really looking at your feedback, seeing what your teachers have said you need to improve on. If they, if there are holes in your understanding of where you went wrong, confront your teachers and ask them. Ask them where you need improvement, what could you do to move past it. I think actively seeking out ways to commit to improving your results will always give you some sort of improvement down the track. 
And I think another thing that I remind a lot of my students and just people in general is that the education system rewards academic success, but there are many other ways that life can reward you. So just give it your best shot. Um, and again, look at your feedback, find ways to reflect on where you need to improve and then find solutions for those areas of improvement. Very wise words. Um, maybe you can shed some wisdom on, on this one as well. It's a bit of a, um, I guess, more facetious, or, or maybe not facetious, but less a- uh, academic question. The question is, why is English even compulsory through high school? Do you have any kind of views on that either way? <laughs> I get asked this question so much by just people. And I think that um, it's interesting to hear it from somebody who actually enjoys English. From my perspective, I think that at least in the HSC, we don't have like a philosophy subject. We don't do philosophy or ethics or anything like that. And I think English is the closest thing you can get to something like that. And I really think it's important that we think philosophically in English because it helps us to think critically. Um, It helps us to evaluate our own values, our beliefs, our perspectives, um, and just to become better people. Right now in the new syllabus for um, the HSC, we have this module called Text and Human Experiences, and it really gets you thinking about what it means to be human, um, how to be a good person, how to think critically and really be aware of what's happening in the world. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, great. And those skills, I'm sure, would be relevant to a whole kind of range of professions. So like, even if you're not interested in English after school, which is totally fair enough, like obviously different people have different interests, those kind of soft skills are really, really important in the workforce um, of today. So I guess that's kind of relevant no matter what you actually want to kind of do in the future. Oh, definitely. I've had many friends um, who like said to me, I can't wait to never write an essay again in my entire life. And they're, in, and, and they're in engineering and they have to write reports. <laughs> so there is still, there's still writing being um, done. And the skills that you do learn in English, while they're not, they might not be helpful in the same way in the HSC, do have some relevance in any career path you might pursue in that university and even at TAFE. So I think it, it really develops things like communication, leadership skills, um, critical thinking. So there's always some kind of benefit out of any subject that you do. It's just a matter of finding that benefit. 100% totally agree. Let's move on to our next question. It's kind of more towards the academic side again. Um, so this particular student is looking for some advice and they feel like the essay is you know, pretty sound, but they're not long enough. So they usually finish with time to spare. So they've got time left over um, and there's are having trouble kind of bulking out their essays. Um, I guess, A, have you been in that situation yourself? And B, either way, what would your advice be as a current English tutor um, for somebody in that situation? Oh, okay. So if, you've, if you have to write longer responses and you don't have an idea where to start and you've got lots of time to do it, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is to return to the question and see what parts of it needs to be further addressed. So ask yourself... Do I have enough quotes? Do I have enough analysis? Can I elaborate further on my argument? Does my answer need more evaluation? What's missing? Because if you've reached the end of your essay and there's clearly still um, pages left or you feel like you haven't written enough, it means that you haven't addressed a certain part of the question enough in enough detail. And um, always go back again to impact on the audience. So if you really run out of things to write, think about what kind of legacy that text has Um, and how it affects you today and really integrating that into your response so usually if I um, if this was an unseen question I would go back to the unseen text and um, 
find more techniques and quotes to use or really develop um, another line of analysis or another piece of evaluation that I could write in it. If it was something that I had memorized and I had used up all my quotes and techniques, I would again go back to impact, write exactly what I think the point of the piece is, um, how it relates to the module or the topic that you're studying and really just expanding on it. And I think that it's more about um, quality over quantity. I think I had an issue with this um, in my trials because I found that I was writing not enough for what they were expecting of me. So I just thought to myself, like, what's really valuable? What do I need to add to this? Um, and if I were a marker, what else would I be looking in this piece? Yeah, great. Um, okay, how about this one? Quotes, obviously a big thing for pretty much any English subject from pretty much any year level in pretty much any state. Um, so how do you kind of remember quotes? Like, do you have a particular technique or, or a way that you go about it? So there's different ways to memorize um, quotes. One thing that I did was um, writing them out into a list. So just the quotes, like no analysis, nothing. And then just reciting them over and over and over again until I got them all correct. Um, and I did it backwards. So I went back from the bottom of the list and went back up. And so I could basically recall each um, each quote as it is. Again, I'm, I'm big on closed passages. Um, so I would blank out some of the words in my techniques and then I would, uh, quote, sorry, and I would try and fill them in. That helps me remember and jog my memory for them as well. And I think the best way to remember quotes is to pick ones that you like. Um, <laughs> I know that that sounds a bit uh, strange, but um, you'll be more likely to remember quotes that you find resonate with you or that spark your interest. Like, oh, that's a really nice way of describing a tree. Or that's a really nice way of talking about love. If you pick ones that you remember having an impact on you as a reader, you'll be more likely to remember them because they have, like, words have that power. Yeah, great. So it's a kind of similar philosophy to, like, oh, in high school you should do subjects that you like because you're you know, more likely to do well in them. A similar kind of philosophy for, for quote selection. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, okay, here's another question. I'll just read it literally word from word from how it came through on Instagram. So, quote, what's a, what's a way to mark or be critical of our practice essays if we don't have someone else, end quote. So, I guess they're kind of looking for feedback, but they don't know where to turn. What are your thoughts? Oh, okay. So, I'm, I was always someone who gave my feedback to my teachers and to my peers to do like peer reviewing and stuff. So, I don't personally have much experience with this kind of situation, but I am someone who's quite critical of myself. Um, so my best way of marking my own essays or like like really finding ways to improve it would to would be to pretend that I'm marking the essay of somebody that I absolutely despise. So I'd pick someone I really, really, really don't like and think, okay, this is their work. Um, I'm going to basically mark it as if it's theirs. Um, and the reason why I did that was because we as people are much better at pointing out the mistakes that other people make than our own. So I really trained myself to be my own critic um, and pretending that it wasn't my own work. And that really helped me measure it up with the marking criteria and seeing, okay, this is great, but you really didn't do this. Or um, you've addressed these particular points really well, but this is a pretty weak argument. So then that way... Um, you really see where your flaws lie in the essay and then improving it from there. Once you've marked them, uh, action plans are really great to make. So I would reflect and say, okay, what did I do that I didn't particularly like or what, what needs improvement? So what? So why should I improve it? And then now what? What's my plan? How am I going to get better at using 
vocabulary in my essays? How am I going to construct a better thesis? That's how I really um, did it myself. If I had to do do something, do something like that. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I've actually never heard of, of anything quite like that. Um, it seems like a pretty soundproof method. I'll, I'll point out as well that we actually do have um, free marking on ATAR notes. So for pretty much any subject or like for any state for your English essays, and you can actually post them online and then somebody like Angelina or, or like myself will um, kind of go through and mark and, and give feedback um, entirely for free. So cheeky plug, um, but if you are kind of looking for feedback or ways to improve, whether that be like structure or incorporating quotes or whatever you're struggling with, um, we can help on ATA notes for free. So something to keep in mind as well. Um, let's move on to one kind of last area or question about English specifically. Um, do you have any exam-specific advice in terms of the way that people study? So in the kind of months before your English exam, did you change what you were doing or did you change your focus or were you just consistent with what you'd been doing throughout the entire year? I basically just did what I was doing throughout the entire year. Lots of practice essays. And at this point in time, I was really just doing it under exam conditions. I wasn't doing the whole coffee and the music and everything like that. Um, at this point in time, I was really simulating different um, conditions and choosing really obscure questions that I thought would really challenge me to think on the spot and to write a more original answer as opposed to what I prepared. Another piece of advice I think for those who, especially in the HSC, who have the new syllabus um, and have no practice papers or any sample questions and stuff to work with is to go to the rubric or the um, syllabus and make your own questions. I would basically pick out a dot point from it and, and then write, evaluate how blank and I would basically put all the dot points there and then write an essay or an essay plan for each of them and that really helped me just see all the kind of different possibilities that I could get asked in the HSC um predict some really scary outcomes if it should come about um and really getting you prepared for what they could ask you if you are in that situation where you feel like you don't know exactly what you're going to be tested on or you feel like there's just so much and you have no idea where to start that's the best way to do it yeah nice one um, so hopefully those answers for those people listening have helped at least a little bit with, with English study. Um, I do just want to move on to kind of your uni experiences or I guess career in inverted commas. Um, wasn't planning to, but we did have quite a few questions on, on Insta about your particular degree. Um, at this point as well, I'll just mention that we got a bunch of questions basically to the effect of, hey, like, why are you so fantastic? Which I assume is in response to your um, recent English lectures that you did. Oh, that's so lovely. Just wanted to chuck that in. Um, obviously, quite difficult to answer for you. Um, but let's move on to your, your uni degree. So music education, is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yep. And um, what does music education actually involve on, like, a day-to-day -day basis? So in my music ed degree, um, basically we have core subjects that we have to do as music students, so everyone does them. We have um, education units, so subjects that are more geared towards us to be preparing us to become teachers. And then we also have a principal study or a major. So in my case, my major is musicology. So I do um, musicology workshop, which is like a history subject. Um, and I do lots of like those kind of subjects as well, lots of history stuff. So in my, um, like my degree, I really, really, really love 
uh, my education subjects. I find that I find them super fun. Uh, we get to listen to fifty-year-old professors sing nursery rhymes. We get to dance. We get to play tambourines and xylophones. It's really cool. Um, we're currently doing primary ed right now this year, um, and then we'll be doing uh, our first prac next next year in uh, fourth semester, and then in third and fourth years when I'll start doing like secondary education, which is what I'm hoping to do down the track. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and like, how many how many hours will you be at uni per week at the moment? Ooh, so that uh, next semester I'm at uni for oh I'm at I'm there four days. Um, and it's usually nine to three, <laughs> nine to three days of like an hour break in between. It's pretty it's pretty heavy because um, the conservatorium structure is a bit different to the rest of UCIB. So I have a lot of friends who are only at uni for like two or three days. Uh, but because of how timetabling works for me and everything like that all the logistics and stuff, I'm there basically for four days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a pretty heavy, heavy workload. Like, like, like people who have listened to this podcast before wouldn't know that I probably went to uni like maybe two days a week. I did a Bachelor of Arts. Um, so four days a week, at least to me, does seem pretty, um, pretty heavy. Yeah, it really is. But um, it's very rewarding. And I do love traveling to the city and being on campus there's the botanical gardens near my campus there's the opera house so i'm just surrounded by like inspirational <laughs> settings yeah um is your degree one that you like always wanted to do or, or i guess the question is more like how did you settle on your degree through high school ah this is a very interesting story um i'm somebody who doesn't like being told what to do by other people and i think growing up a lot of people said to me you'd make a fantastic teacher um, and I would always say, well, I don't want to do that now because it's been brought up something that I should do. Um, but deep down, my biggest goal and my, like, I guess my driving meaning in life is to help others. Um, I'm very, I'm very, um, driven by this philosophy of selflessness. And I think teaching is one of the most selfless careers you can do. And I love music. So I always knew I wanted to pursue music in some way. And for some reason it took my music teacher to sit down with me and say, why don't you go into music education? It's basically combining something that you love with something that you are 100% going to be good at and to do well in. Yeah, and it, it just never um, really sunk in until that moment. And then I went to um, the cons open day to give it a shot to see what it was like. I'd always kind of had this underlying dream of studying there, um, doing music there. And when I met the professors there for musicology and for education, I really said to myself, like, this is exactly what I want to do. I am 100% set on this. So that's how I really came to deciding. I didn't actually put, like, my final preferences for UAC until about a week before they were due. So I was a bit torn between doing music ed at the con or doing it at UNSW. That was my other um, choice. So I was kind of tossing in between the two of them, but... Um, it does come eventually when you you realize like this is what I want. I'm happy with this. And for some people, it doesn't happen until they're in uni. So I have a few friends who are changing courses and stuff, um, who realize like I don't actually want to do this. I'm actually really passionate about this. So for those, I guess who are really thinking about where they want to study or what they want to do and have absolutely no idea, it will come at a certain point. Um, you just have to keep working hard and really seeing and finding what you love and what you're passionate about. Yeah, super. So it sounds like Open Day played at least some part in your decision, and that's really a nice segue into what I was about to ask. Um, it's kind of coming up to like Open Day season, and this is a question without notice. But do you have any advice for 
um, for open dates or just like open date tips or things you should or shouldn't ask or anything along those lines at all? So with open day, um, at least for uh, here in, in Sydney, um, they all seem to be at the time in which is either during or after trials, um, which is a really inconvenient thing for a lot of students who have exams. But um, do take the day to go out and just explore what's out there. I think that um, a big part of why Open Day made such a huge impact on me was helping me realise that beyond the HSE, beyond Year 12, beyond exams, that, that you do have a life out there. There is opportunities for you to pursue. There are plenty of things that you can go and do in your life. And I was so excited. Like, I'm going to join so many societies in uni. I'm going to have so much fun. Um, and I think that reminder is just really important. So do go Open Days um, and just explore get free food talk to people have lots of fun i think it's it's a nice break from the rest of the things that are going on during the year and when you get back into study you really have that motivation you you know exactly what you're working towards and that's what lies ahead yeah great. it's all about the, the free food isn't it the free food the free tote bags free pens you'll be totally set a bit, little bit earlier just in your intro kind of moving away from from uni now in your intro, you said that um, you kind of moderated the English sections on the ASANOTES forums. Um, also, obviously, tutor at TutSmart, run some of our English lectures. Um, I guess the question is, how did you get involved with ASANOTES initially? So this is a fantastic story. Um, out of pure coincidence, um, I was in the city heading towards Haymarket to get myself some groceries. Um, and there were actually ASANOTES lectures running on that day. It was the Head Start lectures for the Year 12s coming in that year. So I just said, oh, this looks like an interesting thing. Um, and for those who know Jamon, um, <laughs> I heard him screaming, physics lectures are in this room, English lectures are in this room. And I was just so confused, and but I was also very curious. So I looked up what was going on and found out that um, Atonus was a thing. So I ended up signing up for two lectures, uh, which was English Advanced and Modern History, and really falling in love with... ATA notes as, a, as, as an initiative. Um, what really stuck with me was um, when Susie was introducing her lecture and she was saying that she believes in like accessibility in education. I believe that equity is a big part of my philosophy as a teacher as well. I think that um, coming from like a school that was considered low socioeconomic and all that sort of stuff, um, I think that having resources like ATA notes was really important. So I hopped on the forums and I really just fell in love with the community there and um, was answering questions, was asking questions, posting, um, participating in forum games. And once I graduated, I kind of just saw myself continuing with that. Uh, once I got my ATAR back, coincidentally, a few days after that, um, a job op offer for Tootsmart opened up for English. And I figured, like, I did pretty well in English. Um, I might not be like a state ranking student, but I do really love the subject let's give this a shot. So I ended up applying for um, Tootsmart that way and eventually just ascended, <laughs> ascended the ranks, um, became an advanced English tutor. Uh, and then Jamon asked me to moderate um, the English boards and the forum. So I was already basically living on the English boards. So it just became an official title at that point. And then uh, about two weeks ago, I was asked to do the English standard lectures for the first time, which was uh, crazy and I absolutely loved it definitely will definitely continue doing more stuff with ATA notes and can you just briefly kind of explain your role on the forums specifically so so, so like what is it actually that you're doing in terms of um, kind of moderating 
So with moderating, I'm basically the the god <laughs> for the English area. Um, I answer basically any questions that pop up in the standard advanced uh, extension one, extension two uh, threads. I also work alongside Olivia, who um, is the moderator for Society and Culture and Modern History in advance. So we get a lot of questions in that particular thread. Um, I answer basically anything there. Uh, I always try to get essay marking in if I'm not busy <laughs> with other things. Um, and leading up to what with uni and everything happening in the background, I do try to create resources for English. So I'm hoping to really help out, especially now that I'm a, I'm tutoring as well, to create resources to help out with um, the new syllabus for the HSC and to give students the kind of support that they should get on the forums which is really cool yeah i'll, I'll just give another cheeky plug to the forums as well um for, for any state for any subject come on the forums ask your questions get them answered get feedback really really fantastic community um and who knows what it can lead to in situations like like yours and also like mine as well i started on the forums and now um work for eight hundred. so happy days uh, just before we go do you have any final study advice doesn't have to be English specific and just be um, kind of general study or, or any last comments at all? Um, I think this is going to sound very left wing as a piece of advice, but I'm, I'm someone myself who lives a lot in the past and lives a lot in the future. I'm really bad at living in the present. So uh, what I did was meditate throughout my HSC. Um, I'd have an hour or two of just meditation. I'd sit there, I would listen to some music or just kind of sit there and just reflect and think and appreciate where I was in that particular moment. Um, Headspace is a fantastic resource for that as well if you want to look into um, like more simulated experiences of meditation. But I would really just gather my thoughts and think about where I was in the moment. Um, and sometimes my thoughts would wander. So I'd think, oh, okay, after this, I, sh- I should probably do my essay. I should probably get this done. I need to go finish this uh, piece of work for modern. But um doing that and really focusing on where you are in that point in time can help you to relax, to gather yourself and then eventually find ways to um, head off and continue with your life. Uh, Eating and sleeping is really important too. Um, I was really shocked when I heard a lot of my students telling me that they weren't eating or sleeping (laughs) um, very healthily. Maintaining a good diet and um, making sure that you get lots of sleep is really important, especially with exams and stuff coming down, um, coming down the track. So maintain your health and well-being before all else. I know that that sounds like um, pretty standard advice, but it is really important and it, it is easy to forget that that's something that you should be doing if you're just constantly studying and preparing for your exams. And I think another piece of advice for um, just studying in general is finding what works for you. I know that there's like I could tell you to do practice essays, to make notes, to um, do close passages and whatnot, but really find what helps you and what suits your situation. If you need help with content, then go to YouTube videos and go into reviews. If you need help with um, writing faster, then practice essays is the go-to. Finding um, what techniques really suit your particular situation is really important to help you succeed. Yep, awesome. That's all fantastic advice. Um, if you have any follow-up questions for Angelina or uh, for me or just have any questions about any of your subjects, do make sure you jump onto the forums. and We'll both be there to answer and to help out as much as we can. Um, otherwise, thank you so much, Angelina, for your time. Um, it's been enjoyable to, to chat with you. Um, and yeah, hope you have a fantastic day. You too. See you, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the ATAR Notes podcast. For more free resources, hit up atarnotes.com.